Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Radio for Thursday, July 13, 2023, as we head into SummerSlam, all in, a lot of exciting events on the horizon. But today we're just talking Raw and Dynamite mostly from this past week, Mr. Marcel. Brother, how you doing? Doing well, how are you? Doing great. You're on vacation this week, I hear. I am. Kids sitting back and uh, very, having a very relaxing week. It is. It's been very relaxing, <laughs> honestly. I mean, a little hectic in the beginning of the week. Didn't, been doing a lot of stuff, but the next couple of days will be nice and... Uh, Nice and relaxed. Right? Very nice. You, you love to see it. And uh, you were at, uh, I was going to say Lake Compounds, that's Connecticut. You were at Six Flags the other day. And uh, I don't know, I'm getting I'm getting theme park fatigue. I told you before you hit record here, I hit, my, uh, <laughs> I hit my quota for the year on theme parks. But maybe I'll make an exception. I haven't been to Six Flags in a long time. But one of these days, we'll see. Maybe I'll be back. But uh, yeah, I was in your neck of the woods last night, actually, for the, uh, the Big Time Rush concert. So I missed Dynamite. I had to catch up after the fact, like earlier today and some other shit. So I am all caught up on the show. It was much more newsworthy than last week. Uh, we did not talk about Dynamite last week. We talked primarily about Money in the Bank, but we will get to it today. Some stuff happening. Blood and Guts set up for next week in Boston. The fifth and final members of both teams revealed. We'll get into that and much, much more. New episodes every single week right here on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Podbean, and uh, Pandora, Amazon Music. You can rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss new episodes every single Thursdays. We'll probably do a uh, in-person show on uh, maybe not Thursday itself, but at some point in Detroit that weekend coming up for SummerSlam. Uh, in just three weeks, again, we are on the fast track to SummerSlam coming up on August 5th in Detroit. We will be there. It is confirmed. I'm looking forward to it. But we'll get to Raw first. From this past week, before we get to Dynamite, um, a decent show overall, furthering stuff as we go into SummerSlam. No matches announced yet for the show, but we got a pretty clear picture of what we can expect um, come the biggest party of the summer on August 5th. But in addition to Raw, we might as well just mention this out of the gate, because it's not Raw-related, but I I figured I would mention it because it's a pretty big story. SmackDown MSG last Friday, uh, great show, was there in person, and we had a couple different storyline developments primarily with the Bloodline. And we're going to be getting, very likely, yet to be confirmed, like I said, probably tomorrow on SmackDown, Roman Reigns and Jey Uso for the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship. We've talked a lot about the bloodline here on the show, as everyone has in the last couple of months, years, whatever. We finally know, not the end game for the angle, or at least I don't think so, um, Jey Uso ain't winning, but it should be a great match in the 40-minute segment, Mr. Marceau. That's over a quarter of the show on Friday was, uh, probably more than that, actually, if you include the... Uh, uh, the main event segment as well, which didn't last long, but it still went on the last 10-15 minutes of SmackDown. Uh, d- completely dominated SmackDown, did the Bloodline on Friday night. Great stuff there. Your thoughts and just the latest developments in the Bloodline saga. Kind of ex- going where we expected, but just the execution of said angle I thought was so great. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, especially for SmackDown, it didn't really feel like it dragged on, like it it worked. I don't love how like they brought Roman out and went right to commercial on our end, which kind of sucks. I feel like 
don't know. I feel like their formatting needs to be a little bit better with stuff like that. Um, just like they bring Roman out. Oh, we're going to go to commercial. Then you got to wait. I mean, I guess it's like kind of like the intrigue of holding the viewer, I guess. Mm-hmm. But even when they do like a match and like a minute in, they go right to the break. I just don't care for that. But I thought what they did on Raw with or SmackDown was good. I, like I said, I think the, where it's gone, I think we all saw it coming. But the way it kind of unfolded on SmackDown was good. And then we got the ending with seemingly J.H. challenging Roman at SummerSlam. Yeah, and again, well, he didn't mention the word SummerSlam, but it's pretty set in stone, and I assume we get the official confirmation tomorrow night on the show. Um, the rest of the show was fun. I just, I don't know, I wish they would kind of inject some more important, interesting storylines into SmackDown. Now, what they're doing in the women's division right now, I like with Charlotte, Bianca, and Asuka. I like all of that. Um you know, the tag team champions are kind of non, you know, not really a factor currently on the show. Owens and Zane. I mean, they just defended against Pretty Deadly two weeks ago, but, um, you know, their tag team division is fine. The United States Championship picture theory beating Sheamus to retain the title. We talked about it last week. LA Knight wasn't even on the show. They put him in a dark segment before the show went live in front of the live crowd. Got a great reaction attacking Hit Row, um, but he was not on SmackDown itself. Do you think it's still likely that he faces or even beats Austin Theory for that championship at the pay-per-view? Or do you think they extend that program into SummerSlam and have Sheamus maybe beat Theory there? Which, I love Sheamus, I just feel like it should be LA Knight taking that title off of um, off of Austin Theory. Yeah, with him not being on SmackDown, I kind of like cooled my jets on the whole LA Knight of SummerSlam. I mean, I guess it could still happen. Just with Sheamus, I just... I mean, I think that's probably where it's going to head. It's going to be him and Theory again at SummerSlam, but... For me, I just feel like um, Sheamus has cooled off a ton from where he was at WrestleMania time and really isn't on too much a note. I mean, winning the belt, I mean, could can't be any worse than what's happening with Theory right now, but I think you would put it on night before Sheamus. I like Sheamus. I just feel like he's kind of the coolest he's been in probably over a year at this point. Yeah, I mean, been there, done that as far as I feel like the time to crown Sheamus as champion would have been, as you said, at WrestleMania or whatever point as the Intercontinental Champion. They didn't do that. Gunther went to Raw and... um. I don't know. He's been United States champion many times before. It just doesn't really accomplish anything. I'd rather see it be on night because he's just so much hotter at the moment than not just Sheamus, but really anyone else on SmackDown. So we'll see how that shakes out. Um, the other important thing coming out of SmackDown on Friday, I mean, we had the LA Knight stuff was kind of a topic of the conversation among fans, the fact he was left off the show, the bloodline, stuff like that. Grayson Waller making his main roster in-ring debut against Edge in an impromptu match. Now, we knew Waller would be on the show, or rather, Edge would be on the show, on the Grayson Waller effect. What we did not know was that it would lead to a match later on in the show, a clean, straightforward 10-15 minute match won by Edge. I thought it was a really good showing by Waller. Uh, What were your takeaways and impressions of Waller and his in-ring debut? Obviously, you're already familiar with him from NXT, of course, but... Um, your thoughts on him looking good in defeat here and just the big week that he's had from his interaction with John Cena at Money in the Bank, this match with Edge. I saw he got roasted by The Rock on Twitter yesterday or two days ago or whatever it was. So he's had a pretty big last couple of weeks, and it seems like they're they're pretty high on him. No, I thought it was a good start, definitely. I mean, people always worry if they lose right away, if it's going to kill them. But a good showing here against Edge, like you said. Uh, I, th- I think the sky's... Could be the limit with him. I mean, they definitely invested with him. He's on SmackDown every week since he's been called up. Even if it's just a segment, still getting him on the show. Um, but no, I thought it was a good match. I didn't think he should have won anyway, so the, 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 the finish was correct. The only thing I would change, his finisher, he needs to change his finisher. Like, the whole jump in from the outside, like, mm-hmm. what are you going to do that? Like, he needs to change that. I guess that's the one thing i changed with him. 
Uh, but besides, I thought it was a, a good start for his main roster run. Yeah, no, it's a bit convoluted. He's always done that. And, and the, the stunner itself, part of the presentation, I, I don't mind. But, like, the whole setup is just goofy. So, yeah, he should probably change that. I like the sequence with Edge getting out of it and uh, spearing him. But, um, yep. still, I, I, I didn't think that the... I, I agree. The move itself, I saw a lot of people saying that. That he should probably change it or shut it, cut it down or whatever just because it looks kind of goofy and unrealistic as it is. But getting to Raw for Monday night, a show dominated by The Judgment Day. And if you don't like The Judgment Day, this probably was not the show for you. And in addition to that, we also got them on NXT. They were all over NXT as well from the opening segment. They closed the show. They beat Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams in tag team action. So it was a big week for The Judgment Day. Um, it looks like the dissension is behind them for now. Um, Finn Balor and Damian Priest back on the same page winning the main event on this show, and also winning on NXT on Tuesday night, there's a couple different directions they can go from here. We mentioned last week, what do they do with the World Heavyweight Championship at SummerSlam? Um, Hear me out for a second, though. Would you be a fan, or like, I mean, I guess what would you do in general, but my idea would be for all of these guys at SummerSlam, instead of doing Balor and Rollins again, which per, I guess, Wrestling Observer Radio from last night or the newsletter or whatever, that is the plan, to do another match between the two. I don't know why. I mean, I guess... Ballard didn't pin Rollins on Monday. I think he actually pinned Sami Zayn or whatever. Maybe Damian Priest did or I don't know. But that appears to be the plan is Balor and Rollins again. Uh, doing a triple threat we talked about last week. I just don't love that idea. I know Rollins is challenged for a championship before of all Mr. Money in the Bank. I just, again, don't like that. Um, I would much rather them do this. And again, it's not the sexiest SummerSlam World Heavyweight Championship match. But Dominic did not lose to Rollins last week. Now, we did lose to Cody Rhodes, so it isn't like... Again, the strongest match they can do. But my idea was always that you could do Dominic and um, Dominic and Rollins at SummerSlam for the World Heavyweight Championship. And now that Balor and Priest are back to being a cohesive unit again for now, temporarily, um, they can maybe go for the tag titles. Because again, they beat Owens and Zayn on Monday night, pinning Sami Zayn in that match. I think did Damian Priest. So again, in an update from last week, what would you do with the Judgment Day at SummerSlam? Are you fine with Balor and Rollins again, or would you rather go a different route and have them challenge for the tag titles? That's where we get the split with Judgment Day or Balor, Priest, whatever. And then Dominic can challenge for the World Championship that he obviously wouldn't win. Yeah, I mean, I don't want Balor and Rollins again, so I like your idea a little bit better. Like you said, they beat Owens and Zayn. Like you said, maybe something comes up, like maybe Pierce says, like, one of you can challenge Rollins. Rhea gives it to Dominic over Balor or Priest, and they go off the tag team, and they actually continue the dissension there. Uh, but I don't, I don't really want to see Balor and Rollins again. So even like you said, if it's not like the greatest match of all time, I'd rather see Dominic and Rollins than than Balor again because I just don't think he's gonna win. No, nah, no one really thought that he was gonna win in Money in the Bank, and I mean it was one of those things. Okay, you do it, he loses, all right. And they already did Rollins and Balor as we talked about before on Raw like a month or two ago in the build up. I think it was two months ago. In the build-up to that World Heavyweight Championship tournament, Rollins beat Balor in the semifinals. So it's a match we've seen a number of times already recently, and, and Rollins won clean both times. I know you could say, oh, Priest, like, distracted Balor accidentally at the pay-per-view at Money in the Bank, but still, he won clean relatively. Um, I would not do that match again. It sounds like they are going to do it again. I'm not, like, down with it, but if they were to do it, it they would need a stipulation because just running it back again with the exact same fucking finish of Rollins winning just doesn't do... just doesn't interest me at all. Um, are there any ideas for what a stipulation... Again, you probably don't really care regardless, nor do I. 
But if you were to make the match more interesting, how do you think you can go about doing so? And that does not include, by the way, because I know you probably agree on this, making Balor the demon. That does not count. The demon is dead. He has lost multiple times now. I just don't give a fuck. Um, but aside from that, is there any stipulation that can make this match work for SummerSlam? question i feel like steel cage and no dq is always what they go to and probably what yeah they do. i was gonna say i feel like with just like if there continues to be like judgment day interference <laughs> you could do that um i don't really know i feel like what like the only like honestly the intrigue of the match would be like a priest came out i feel like or there yeah. is some kind of interference so like I, I feel like any kind of stipulation to bar people from ringside or something like that would kind of kill their tr- intrigue because then you just know rollins is gonna win yeah, um, I don't know. I feel like you could maybe do something creative. I, I mean, I'm a, I, I can't think of anything on the top of my head. But like I said, I also think with the way the story is, the match alone, if they just barred Judgment Day, I mean, unless you had like like Devlin came, Jordan Devlin helped. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not technically in the Judgment Day. I mean, I know it was teased at points, but I mean, besides that, I don't see any kind of stipulation that would ban Judgment Day that would make it intriguing. Yeah, I don't know. There's no match that to me would be like, all right, this is really going to sell me on this. I'm not really sure. I mean, could you do, again, like I said, no DQ, steel cage, done to death. An I quit match would be interesting because Balor did win an I quit match last year, so he has a good track record in those matches. He beat Edge in an I quit match last year. But this feud isn't really I quit worthy, I don't think. Um, the last man standing hasn't been done to death, but it's been done a fair amount of times. I, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, Priest, I don't think he'd be the special guest referee. That wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. I don't know. I feel like a better match would be a triple threat, but again, Damien is the Mr. Money in the Bank, so that just, I feel like that'd be silly to put him in a world title match if he already has the briefcase. Again, we've seen it before. I just think it's very dumb when they do that shit, so I wouldn't do that, but I assume we'll find out coming up on Monday's Raw. So, with the Judgment Day getting back on the same page, we had another faction that in, instead teased tension on Monday night, that being Imperium. So this looks familiar, it's because we kind of saw something similar about a year ago with Gunter and Ludwig Kaiser. Kaiser was losing a bit to Nakamura, among other people at that point, and Gunter, to show him some tough love or whatever, would chop his chest and just beat the shit out of him and stuff, and it didn't really go anywhere. It was actually dropped pretty abruptly when Triple H took over Creative, so it was clearly a Vince McMahon idea, and they brought in Eichner or Vinci or whatever his name is now um, to reform Imperium, and it's been a great faction. They're basically two enhancement talents. They're basically just two minions, henchmen, stepping stones for Gunter. But they're two great workers. Um, they're a great team. But it looks like Vinci might be on his way out of the group. Now, do you think this leads anywhere? And do you think it's worth breaking Vinci off? Now, Vinci's a great in-ring competitor. We saw that in the Cruiserweight Classic many years ago. He was in NXT on his own for you know a very short period last year. Didn't do a ton, but he had a couple of good quality performances. I don't think he could talk on his own. That was kind of the issue with the Giovanni Vinci character last year. But um, what are your thoughts on a potential Imperium split? Is it too soon, and would you break them up, or does it not matter? Um, I wouldn't break them up. I feel like they're good, like you said, they're kind of good as a unit. I just don't see, I mean, I don't see either of them, Vinci or Kaiser, really doing much on their own. So I just, I mean, at that point, like, I would just slot them. Usually for, like, a tag team, I feel it's like, oh, you're going to break them up because one person has, like, like a single single run in them. Mm -hmm. Neither of them I would see a singles run at either of them. I'm hoping it's, like you said, something like maybe it's a tough love or maybe try to get them more serious to, like, go for the tag belts or, like, make them more as a, instead of henchmen, like, actual people that can do something. But breaking them up, I feel like, would just kill both their careers. 
Yeah, I just, I mean, you could still put Kaiser with Gunter, obviously, and do the same dynamic of what they have a year ago, or what they had a year ago. But I just think breaking Vinci off on his own, again, the guy's a great worker, but he's barely been showcased as part of the group. I don't think that changes if he breaks off on his own. There's so many people they're already not doing really anything with. There's a lot of people on the Raw roster that they either called up in the draft or were already on the show or came over from SmackDown that are barely on the show as it is. And it's a fucking three-hour program. So um, I don't have any faith that they would push Vinci on his own or really give him a significant push. Might be a little too late for that. Um, I would just keep the group together as well. They work so well together as a trio. Triple A surely loves his factions and... You know, I'm not a big, big faction like every show being overloaded with factions, but I do like Imperium. They work well together. Hopefully, it's just a red herring, and it leads to maybe Vinci helping Gunter beat um, Drew McIntyre at SummerSlam to retain the championship. So, we'll see what they have in mind. Uh, we talked about this match last week. It was made kind of apparent on Raw last Monday where they were going with these two, but it looks like Ricochet and Logan Paul are indeed on the uh, on a collision course towards SummerSlam having a one-on-one match. Um, I don't know about you, I actually really like their segment from Monday. Now, Ricochet's not the rock on the microphone, but, you know, he's actually, he's improved. And I thought this was a, I honestly thought this was a good promo. He typically, I don't know if it's the voice or just sometimes that he sounds scripted. It just doesn't come off organic. He just doesn't have, like, an intimidating presence about him. Not that he should be out there as intimidating as Roman Reigns or whatever, but, you know, just, he's a smaller guy that doesn't really matter. But, you know, still, he's never been the greatest talker dating back to even his Lucha Underground days in NXT. But I thought he cut a quality promo here, and Logan Paul also held up his end of the uh, segment as well. They had some good chemistry, and they, again, didn't make the match official, but it's clearly the direction they're headed in. So, your thoughts on the interaction with Logan Paul and Ricochet on Monday night, and if it sold you on a match between the two at the pay-per-view? Yeah, I mean, I I think this is the direction they're going. I think it wasn't the greatest promo of all time. Like I said, he's not the greatest talker to begin with. I don't know. Like, I think you described it well. It's not like he's not. He isn't intimidating. So, like, I guess that's a good way to put it. But like, I don't know. It's like he doesn't. I don't know. If it's like the way he talks. It just. I feel like there's other baby faces like similar build and like him. It just. I don't know if he doesn't it doesn't feel like he means it or just like you said, it's like not intimidating. It's like not good verbiage. There's kind of a lot that goes into it. He's just not a really good talker just overall. But like I said, I thought this was, I've seen worse from him. So I guess this was a, a, a good start, but I, I mean, I feel like this is just clearly to get a Paul a win and we'll move on. I like Ricochet. You said last week, I think he's done a lot better under the triple H regime. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, I think, it's clearly just get a Paul win and and then we'll move on. Yeah, no, Ricochet ain't moving up the card after this. He's not moving up to, I, I don't even think, mid-card championship level. Now, he has contended for the Intercontinental title a handful of times in the last year, but that, I'm I'm saying he's not going to win it. He's already lost to Gunter three times. That's not in his future. But I think he's good in this role at this point because at, at a certain point, even a year ago, he was Intercontinental champion, but like... Earlier on in 2022, especially in 2021 and 2020, the guy wasn't even on the fucking show. So I know it's a low bar to kind of clear in the first place as far as, like, he's doing better now than he was originally. Aside from that brief period when he first got called up and he was doing fairly well and getting over. Um, but still, I think he, he plays his role well. And as someone who can be kind of a, you know, I mentioned the word stepping stone before, that, that term. He's kind of a stepping stone for Logan Paul, where, as you mentioned and we talked about last week, he can give Logan Paul a win that I'm not sure who else he would beat otherwise. I like, I you know, we, we, we talked to Logan Paul last year. I've really enjoyed his run and a lot of the matches he's had. He's, what's consistent with him, 
in the last year and a half since he came into the company. He's worked primarily with bigger stars. Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins. I mean, not the fucking Miz, but you know <laughs> what I mean. He's had he's he's had some high profile programs, including contending for the championship. Um, but the Miz was, I mean, first of all, we we saw that match in person and we enjoyed it and whatnot. That was again a lot like this match where the feud itself sucked. I mean, that was all about, and they're still doing the oh my big ball shit with the Miz, and it's fucking awful. Um, I think it, I know he's more serious now as the Miz, but he. When he attacked Ciampa from behind a couple of weeks ago, I noticed that he was wearing the Dom My Balls Are Massive shirt. So it's like, it's impossible to take the guy seriously. But we'll get to Miz in a little bit. Um, some some news on that front. But with Ricochet, I feel like he's also in that Miz role where, unlike the Miz, he's not channel-changing materially at this point. But he can have a good performance. He could put over Logan Paul. And they might get a decent little feud out of it. And honestly, the logic behind... I'm, I'm glad the match wasn't made official. Because Logan Paul can now say, because he was embarrassed by Ricochet on Raw, that he wants payback. Um, Logan Paul said, why would I want a match with you? Like, I'm already viral. I am the moment. You want to get a moment with me? I am the moment. Like, it, it makes perfect sense. Um, I thought it was weird that they kind of leaned into the fact. I like the fact they incorporated realism into the promos. When he was like, oh, you called me unprofessional and whatever. The, the problem with that, though, is that his comments stem from Ricochet. They botched the spot at the pay-per-view. So that's what he was talking about. So... When you mention that in a promo, it's like, all right, what are we talking about here? It's like kind of like breaking the fourth wall in a weird way. But beyond that, I thought this was well done. Uh, this is the perfect spot for Ricochet. You, you probably won't see him on Raw a whole lot after this feud is over, but um, they can go in there and have a pretty good match as long as it's not like an over-convoluted spot fest, which I kind of fear it might be. Like that spot at Money in the Bank that we talked about last week was fucking dumb. Um, again, if it went off you know, gracefully than great, but I don't know if that stuff will continue to happen just because Logan Paul hasn't had a lot of training, obviously, doesn't have a lot of experience, and just in there doing moves for the sake of moves is dumb anyway. I mean, if they can go in there and have a fun match that's not spot, 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 then I'm on board with it, so um, that was cool. I thought they did that pretty well on Monday night. Zoe Stark beating Becky Lynch. Not only was she in there having a competitive match with Becky and looking good in defeat, that was the whole argument. I know Grayson Waller looked good in defeat, and you mentioned that earlier, where not everyone has to win in their debut. I mean, it, it, it gives me, when we say look good in defeat, I know you're going to know what I'm talking about. It gives me Neville vibes when from back in the day when he got called up a little less than 10 years ago. Uh, he would always look good in defeat, but he would never actually win. It's like, all right, you can't do that with everyone, though. Um, Zoe Stark, I think, needed this win a lot more than Becky, and she picked up the victory. Now, I know it's going to be Becky and Trish probably one-on-one at SummerSlam, or do you think they do a tag team match and bring back Lita for it? I mean, it kind of seems like Lita, or rather, Lynch is outnumbered right now. So your thoughts on where they go with this, and also also the match itself with Zoe beating Becky and picking up a pretty big win on Monday night? Um, I mean, I want it to be Becky and Trish one-on-one. I, I mean, I've seen enough of Lita, honestly. I mean, the story's still there. Like, she hasn't come back since she got beat up by Lita. Makes sense. Um, or beat, beat up by when Lita got beat up by Trish, but... I mean, we saw her work. She's, I mean, I'm kind of done with the Lita experience. I mean, we could get that. Like I said, she is under under time, or she needs someone. She's kind of keep getting beat up by Zoe and Trisha. It makes sense in that aspect, but I'd rather see one-on-one. Um, but I think, like I said, Starks needed the win more than Becky did. And, I mean, I think they've what they've done with Starks has been good, and I can't complain on her booking at all. Yeah, she's been one of the uh, better booked call-ups in recent memory, and uh, they kind of continue on this path of her beating people like Becky and getting consistent television time and mic time, which she still needs to improve with. Um, she can uh, find some success on the Raw roster, which is pretty cool. So I wouldn't do a tag team match at SummerSlam. 
<clears throat> what I would probably do, this is how I would book it. You do Trish and Becky again at SummerSlam. Becky wins. The whole reason why she lost in the first place at uh, Night of Champions was due to the interference from Zoe Stark. So if you need someone to kind of thwart and counteract that, that interference from Zoe, that's when you bring back Lita in that moment. Kind of like how Lita helped out Becky against Damage Control earlier this year. You could do something similar here. She helps out Becky. Maybe you even do the tag team match on Monday's Raw, like the following Raw, where Becky and uh, Becky and Lita win again. Or I mean, that, that, that because Lita and Trish are not having extended roles on the show. As soon as this feud is over, I don't think Trish is sticking around. She's done good work in the time she's been here. You said that you've seen enough of uh, Lita in the ring. I've seen enough of this feud. I'm kind of ready to move on. Uh, I'm glad Zoe beat Becky on Raw, but it kind of seems like, and I, I, I would hope this is the direction they're going in, Becky gets her win back. Maybe she and Lita team up again on Raw, like I said. Again, Zoe and Trish win again. And then Zoe can beat up Trish afterward, end that, and then we can move on with Zoe going forward. No more Trish, no more Lita. Do you think that's a realistic possibility? Yeah, I mean, I think it is possible. Like I said, I don't think we'll see too much more Trish after SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I don't see her going for the championship. I know we said a couple of months ago maybe she can get a title shot in the meantime, but she's been fully focused on uh, uh, Becky throughout this feud. She has not really moved away from Becky at all. She's not gone after Bianca. Or, I mean, she was in the Money in the Bank ladder match, but that was more about uh, you know furthering that feud than anything else. We had the um, Alpha Academy graduation ceremony with the uh, Letterman jacket being presented to Maxine Dupree, who was actually, to her credit, gotten over fairly well in the last couple of weeks. And I enjoy the Alpha Academy stuff. It's impossible to give a shit about the Viking Raiders at this point, but this is leading to a Viking rules match next week on Raw. And they, the only, the one, the only... The one and only other Viking Rules match, there we go, that they have had on the main roster was with the New Day, actually, last summer, and the Viking Raiders won that. Um, again, this is an undercard feud. Not the, it's, it's it's typical, like, WWE 08 booking where you have, like, one tag team match, a mixed tag team match, six-person match, this tag team guy faces this tag team guy in a singles match. It's such, like, basic booking. But again, I think they've gotten Maxine Dupree, Dupree over fairly well. I don't think it leads to her becoming an in-ring regular. I don't think she's that good or ready yet for that, but um, I like what they've done with this so far, personally. What they've done with her so far has been, like you said, I think what they've done so far has been good. I mean, I I don't think she's probably, she's not very good in the ring. This is, like you said, a pretty low-card, time-eating feud. I think mm-hmm. it's fine for what it is. The Viking Raiders are fucking awful. Um <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like they bring them back every like six months. They tr- change one little thing about them, and people just don't care. I just, uh, what the, I think it might just be what their gimmick. I mean, they've done everything to, just to begin with, but their gimmick alone, I just, I just don't care. I, I, I don't. I, I just they come on my TV, and I just want to turn the channel off. I just, I think they're good wrestlers, but if they're at the point now for me. They're just like go away. He, I don't care about. Like, they change their face paint up, they change their entrance, they bring back uh, Sarah Logan, and it's just still the same guys doing the same moves, doing the same stuff. So, to me, it's nice to, like you said, it's a nice little time eater on Raw and a little mid-card, low-card feud, but, I mean, I don't think Maxine's ever going to win the belt, and nor should she at this point, and the Viking Raiders are the same team they've always been, so... Hey, on the bright side, it might be over next week with this match. I mean, that's a positive, but like I said, then what do you do? Like, I just feel like they're so deep on the fight. Like, they'll just put them in another few that no one cares about. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. I, I, I like what they've done with Maxine Dupree, but I feel like 
the shelf life is very small and the Viking Raiders are just terrible. Yeah, no, I mean, they're just kind of there at this point. Um, Alpha Academy had gone over as baby faces. I know it would be a baby face versus a baby face match, but I would like to see Alpha Academy against Owens and Zayn at some point, even if it's a raw match. I feel like that could be pretty good. Well, yeah, I think that, that definitely should be in the cards. Yeah, I would love to see that at some point. Maybe coming out of this feud that they win next week, kind of earning them a championship opportunity. We had Shayna Baszler one-on-one with Emma on the show, and I swear you could hear crickets. I mean, listen, I like both of these women. The match was a squash. It is what it is. But I think it goes to show and prove what we already kind of knew, that Shayna... I mean, listen, maybe this will change coming out of SummerSlam, but I feel like people will only cheer for Shayna when she's in there and opposing Ronda Rousey. I don't think after Ronda leaves, whether she puts over Shayna or not, which I assume she will, obviously... I don't think, even if they did get behind her, I don't think WWE will sustain a Sheena Baszler push. I'm just not optimistic, because if they if they did, they would have pushed her years ago, instead of just a tag team player. Um, but still, she looked dominant here. If we go back to NXT Baszler, that's great, but I've said that probably three or four times in the last couple of years, and nothing's really happened. Um, Ronda came out, and they brawled and whatever. Your thoughts on uh, the Sheena-Ronda experiment? We kind of talked about it a little bit last week, but... As far as, uh, do you think this works out in, in the long run? As far as they have a match at SummerSlam, which I, I look forward to, honestly. It's one of those things, like, with... I forgot who we said this about earlier, but, you know, maybe they pick up the win or not. Maybe you just said it about Alpha Academy. I know we talked about it just during this this show previously. That regardless of what the outcome is, Sheena's going to be in the same spot coming out of this pay-per-view. Or Ricochet, I think. Rick, she's going to be in the same spot, excuse me, coming out of SummerSlam. Um, win, lose, or draw against Ronda. But I like the feud. At least they're trying, I guess, right? Yeah, I feel like we always say, like, like we need more of this, which we do. We need more, like, feuds just not based over the title. I yep. just, I just like you said, I, I, I don't see them pushing Shayna. I think that kind of, that ship's left the, the sea, the ship, the dock, whatever you want to <laughs> fucking call it. I just feel like that's just not going to happen with her. Like you said as well, people only really care about her because against Ronda, I don't think against anyone else, it really will get a different reaction. Um, I just feel like they've missed the boat with her. I think they kind of dragged it out, and this is what we have now. And once she beats Ronda, I just don't see them putting much behind her, and I just don't really think the fans will care if it's anyone besides Ronda. So we'll see what happens. I don't think it's going to change much, but I guess we can't really complain about not getting non-title feuds and when we get this. Like I said, I think mm-hmm. I just, I think it's more people just cheer for Shayna because they just don't like Ronda. Yeah, I feel like that's the case right now. I mean, I, we'll see coming out of SummerSlam. I don't really think anything changes. I would like to be more optimistic and think that Shayna could get a babyface push coming out of that show. She is obviously better as a heel, but we haven't seen her as a babyface yet, and it, it could be something worth exploring, especially if you need babyface challengers for Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley, it looks like, is going to be facing Raquel at SummerSlam. She specifically called her out backstage on this show. And Raquel is already one half of the tag team champions. I mean, that's a match I want to see. I just feel like the circumstances should have been a little bit better. No, I completely agree. I think we discussed this last week. At this point, if they were going to go in that direction, they should have kept the belts on fire and Don, who we haven't seen a lick of since they lost those belts. Yeah. And then you could have done Raquel, Raquel and... Uh, at SummerSlam, like putting the belts on them, just, I mean, now they're not even defending them or doing anything with them, so, I mean, just, I don't know why they put the belts on just for her to feud with Rhea, so, I don't know. Yeah, no, very weird. A lot of uh, issues they need to kind of uh, delve into there and figure out going into SummerSlam. 
Cody Rhodes promo. I, I really liked the promo, but nothing new was really said. He just I don't want to say he said a lot of nothing. Um, he did, but his delivery of the promo I thought was great. Cody Rhodes is uh, definitely one of the best talkers in the company right now, and it's just amazing. I mean, he's still one of the best parts of Raw Weekly, and this is the same guy that we were complaining about you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, as being the worst part of Dynamite every week. Um, and I thought this was great. And uh, again, kind of a non-segment because Brock was not there, but he challenged him to a match at SummerSlam. I assume he gets a stipulation, and hopefully Cody goes over. So really nothing more to be uh, said other than that, right? No, I thought it was, like you said, good promo. I mean, I think he's pretty much one of the highlights of Rob every week, so it's nice that he's kind of found his footing there. Uh, his promos, like you said, he usually does talk in circles a lot, but like his, like the way he talks, I guess, like makes it seem more newsworthy than it normally is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought, like you said, I don't think he really said too much new here. Challenge Brock. I assume we'll get some kind of step, and we'll go into SummerSlam, Brock and Cody, three. Brock and Cody 3, a match I'm not, you know, exactly excited for as of right now. I mean, the promo got me looking forward to the match. It depends on what the stipulation is going to end up being, but, you know, like I said, we'll find out next week uh, when Brock comes back and officially accepts the challenge and they probably had a stipulation that would make the most sense. Um, One last thing on Raw here. Oh, also in the Cody Rhodes promo, I forgot to mention this. I think it's just, it's not what, I mean, it is what he says. But like I said, the delivery, I think, is so great because he comes across as so personable. Like, when he took his time, like, with the crowd when he went out there and they're not singing the, whoa, like the Rollins bullshit, which is just so fucking obnoxious at this point. I mean, they do the whoa when Cody comes out, but they're not doing that during his promos or matches or whatever, because why would they? Because they're not singing anything beyond one note. But um, anyway, I really like his promos. We'll see what happens next week. One last thing on Raw here, because we already talked about the Judgment Day stuff and the women's tag team stuff we already kind of alluded to and uh, touched upon briefly. But we had a no-disqualification match on the show. Tommaso Ciampa against The Miz. And I figured this would be an easy win for Ciampa. I don't really... Yeah, I was wondering why they made this a feud, because Ciampa came back a couple of weeks ago, and he beat Miz immediately. He beat him quickly, decisively. It was basically a squash. I don't know why they needed to run this back. I just don't give a fuck about The Miz. But they had Miz win here in his first televised win since December. I think first win of any kind, actually. Tag team, non-televised, whatever. He has not won a single match since December. And the funny thing is that both wins, that one in December, and this one came with the help of Bronson Reed. So I like that attention to detail, because I don't. I hope they're not partners, but I hope they again explain, because he wasn't holding his hand up afterward. I think they will again explain that Bronson was paid off by the Miz, helped him win, and then maybe the end game here, maybe I'm thinking too much into it, is a DIY reunion with Tommaso Ciampa linking up with Johnny Gargano, who we have not seen on the show in, in many, many weeks. Uh, they link up again and face the Miz and, and Bronson Reed, and then Bronson goes back off on his own after that feud is over. Uh, so your thoughts on the no-DQ match, the outcome, and where you think this might be going? Yeah, I thought it was fine. Like you said, Miz <laughs> fucking finally winning. I mean, he is awful at this point. Yeah. I mean... He's at almost Ziggler territory. Like you said, the whole my balls are massive thing's so dumb. And like you said, I, I hope to God Breed's just a hired gun. I, I don't want him associated with the Miz at all. Uh, but like I said, I think we could get the DIY reunion. Neither guy were – I mean, Johnny was barely on TV. I don't even know if he's hurt. He's alive. I don't really know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And then Champa was associated with the Miz before he got hurt. And, I mean, I think – Right now, I don't see either of them going for singles gold or winning it at this moment, so putting them in the tag team division would make sense. Yeah, no, I think it would be uh, another great addition to that tag team division. They have a lot of teams right now between the two brands, and listen, I think DIY could be the team to take out Owens and Zayn as tag team champions at some point. I don't hate it. 
Hey, listen, I would definitely be on board with it. We haven't had a real DIY run in, I don't know, three, four years. It's been a while. They've, they've teamed up since then, but they haven't had a real run as a tag team in, in a few years. So I would totally be on board with it. Now we transition now over to Dynamite from last night. Um, a decent show overall, I thought. Jericho in action in the opener against Komandar. I think it's I think it's Commander, but I've also heard it pronounced Komandar. I'm not exactly sure. But they had the uh, you know pretty decent matchup here. The bigger newsworthy thing came afterward with Don Callis again trying to recruit Chris Jericho. We haven't really talked about this, but listen, I am on board of this for two reasons. One, it gives Jericho something else to do instead of leading a faction. I know he never led a faction pre-AW, but the, the entire time he's been in the company for the last four fucking years, he's been involved in a faction. I'm done, I mean, him leading a faction. This would be another faction, but I'd rather him be a part of a faction than leading one, if that makes sense. Honestly, and also, if anything else, if nothing else, this would spell the end of Jericho Appreciation Society. Jake Hager giving in his hat to Jericho on the show. I laughed. I'm like, who could possibly care? This this shit is so stupid. I know it's supposed to be stupid. It's funny, but it was never really that funny. It was never funny at all. Um, but if this means no more JAS, hey, listen, I'm not complaining. I mean, less JAS is the better. I just honestly just don't with Jericho as a whole, but... Um, like you said, I guess if he's not leading the group, it might not be as unbearable as what he's been doing. Mm-hmm. But to me, I feel like his his best days are behind him. I, I feel like, I mean, this could be something different, but the whole JS has been terrible, and I, I, I don't need to see more of it. It's been awful from the get-go. If they move away from that, it's a step in the right direction. I think Jericho, he's not going anywhere as far as, like, he's never going to leave AEW. He just resigned last year for, for like, five years or something. I mean, that could be in a behind-the-scenes role as well, obviously, but some time off would help. I mean, the guy's constantly on the show. He's on the show every week. He's one of their bigger stars, but at the same time, a lot of what he's involved in is not great. So I wish they would kind of take the spotlight off of him a little more than they already have. Um, But I, I do think the Don Callis thing is interesting, and it's a step in the right direction, if nothing else. They've got this AEW Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament going on right now. They've got three tournaments, really, between the two Owen Hart Cup stuff and now this. This is going to be culminating, I think, next week? So I think the championship match happens on the July 29th Dynamite. They're going to be facing the winners of Saturday's FTR and Bullet Club Gold 2 out of 3 falls match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen losing to Guevara and Garcia on Wednesday's Dynamite. And then Adam Cole and MJF also advancing over Big Bill and uh, the, the baddest bitch in the building. Big Bill and, um, what's his name? Brian Cage. And the other qualifying match or semifinal match on this show. So what have your thoughts been on this tournament? Because to me, it just kind of feels like a vehicle to further the feud between Cole and MJF and kill time before they get to All In. And I'm not complaining about that either because I think what they've done so far with the vignettes and shit has actually been entertaining. I mean, Cole will look like an idiot if he falls for MJF's disingenuous bullshit and then he didn't see it coming. That would be pretty bad. But other than that, the actual segments, I prefer this stuff over like more matches and shit because this was actually entertaining, I thought. Yeah, for what they've done, it's been good. But like you said, I feel like if they're just using this to this whole tournament to further their feud, I feel like I don't know if I'd say it's a waste, but it's kind of a waste. But um, I thought, like you said, I think what they've been doing has been good and entertaining. So I guess that's a positive. But if Cole falls, like I feel like Cole's going to get screwed in the end. He's just going to look like the biggest dumbass. But we haven't really got to that point yet. Like. The teams have just been like, eh. Like, the whole Keith Lee and Swerve, like, they haven't even had a singles match yet from their whole feud from, like, six months ago. I heard it was coming. They, they, they said it was coming. 
six months. He's got <laughs> hit him with a fucking cinder block six months ago. They're gonna team up. They teamed up mm-hmm. last week. Like, yeah. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> I just and like the teams like they're like oh like I don't know. I think the idea if it was done seriously, I would get it and I think it could work. But like their tag team division turned into trash because they took all the good tag teams and they broke them up or they made them into a trio with a division that's kind of just there at this point. So now you're having a tag team tournament of makeshift teams to basically further the main title feud when your actual tag team hasn't had a tag team defense in three months. I couldn't say the last time FTR defended the belts. I think double or nothing was it, and they won the belts over three months ago. Exactly. So I I think if done correctly, it would work, but if it's just to further call on MGF, I think it's just a waste. Yeah, it's not like they're spotlighting the tag team division, um, or n- not even feeding the division to these two, because there's not really a division to speak of. But, I mean, that's part of the problem, too, is what you mentioned. These aren't real random teams. That's the whole point of having a blind eliminator tournament. Cole and MGF teaming, logistically, logically doesn't make any sense, but it's wrestling. But then when you have Keith Lee and Swerve, I mean, this roster has a million people on it, and they end up as a team. I mean, give me a fucking break. And why would they even want a team with each other? Why would they agree to that, you know, in storyline purposes, from a storyline standpoint. Guevara and Garcia is where I was like, all right, this is bullshit. I mean, come on. What, what the fuck are these two faction members teaming for? This is ridiculous. So, um, you know, the matches have been good. Cole and MGF has been entertaining. But I think it all leads to uh, Cole and MGF probably for the World Championship at All In, correct? Yeah, that's what I see happen. Yeah, I mean, they do the tag title match on the July 29th collision in a couple weeks, and that's probably where the turn happens, if not soon after. And, uh... That's the path that they embark on, so I think that just makes the most sense. What were your thoughts in the in-ring debut, if you, if you caught it, of uh, Nick Wayne, the 18-year-old who turned 18 on Monday, a close friend of Darby Allen, uh, very, I guess, popular in that uh, western part of the independent scene in, here in the U.S. I thought he had an impressive debut. I think I see this all the time, but like he had an impressive debut, but if they don't follow up on it, it really doesn't matter. If we don't see him again, he's just banished the Ring of Honor, then you know what was the point? It was a cool moment, though. I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was a good, like I said, I think it was a good debut. Is he action and ready 2.0? I, I mean, mm. we got to we gotta see what's happening here. So I thought it was a good start, but like you said, if he's off to Ring of Honor or somewhere we're not going to see him, then how much is it really worth? Yeah, no, I thought he uh, fared well and Swerve got a great match out of him. And the kid's talented too, but, you know, having a uh, talented opponent in Swerve never hurts. Um, but we'll see what happens from here. I mean, we talk about it all the time. The action and ready moment was cool, and the guy was barely on TV after that. And now he's banished the Ring of Honor and a fucking tag team. So again, like, what? How much good is beating, you know, or facing and having a good showing and defeat really matter if they're not going to follow up on an AEW? Is uh, you know, and, you know, very much known for that. They're notorious for that at this point. We talked about the the tournament earlier, the tag team tournament, uh, and I mentioned there's three tournaments going on right now. So the tag team tournament I think wraps up next week, if I'm not mistaken, and then the title matches the following week on Collision. But the other two tournaments we got going on right now, the Owen Hart Cup for the men and the women's second straight year, we're going to get the finals on Saturday's Collision, actually. Um, it's going to be, for the women, the winner of Willow, Nightingale, and Athena, which I assume it's Willow, Nightingale, taking on Ruby Soho, who advanced last night on Dynamite. And then the men's tournament final is going to be CM Punk versus Ricky Starks. So who do you think goes over in both situations? Um, so you said Willow, I mean, I think Willow, uh, I think if you it's Willow and Ruby, I would have Willow go over, and then I would have Starks be Punk. Do you think we get a heel turn from Starks and Punk? I mean, it's two baby faces, and they just, I don't know, the whole dynamic of it is weird. I, I hope Punk doesn't 
I don't know. I just don't think Punk needs it. I would rather Starks win, but I'm not confident in that. I mean, I think you could do something that like Joe help like attacks Punk and that helps Starks win. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I just don't think Punk needs it, so I don't. I wouldn't have him win. I feel like it'd be a bigger moment for Ricky. But then, like you said, like we always say, it all. Really, I mean, he could win the tournament. They're never on TV, and then it really doesn't matter. So, yeah. I would have Starks win, but then you'd have to then follow up on it. I guess with Punk won it, I mean, he's just already a star, so it doesn't totally matter. But yeah. I would have Starks win. I think it makes more sense, especially if you're going to actually push him. Um, but who knows at this point? Do you think it makes a difference that Punk said when he came back a few weeks ago that he would not be beaten for in, until he got a rematch of the World Championship? He's still carrying around that bag. Not every week, but he's teased it. Um, that's what kind of makes me think he might not lose for the foreseeable future, but I hope he does. Yeah, I mean, I think he should. I mean, I don't think him beating Starks does anything for Starks, really. Um, I think a win would definitely help him more than Punk. If that's the case, I mean, I guess you could say good defeat. <laughs> hey, look good in defeat, but if, like I said, there's no <laughs> kind of follow-up, then it's kind of a waste, if you ask me. I like Starks a lot, but I feel like they've kind of dropped the ball constantly with him. I mean, I got beat Jericho twice earlier this year, and whatever that meant meant went completely out the window when he uh, went on to do nothing after that. I think he actually feuded with Jay White, but he lost all their matches, so what does it even really matter? Uh, speaking of Collision, real quick, have you caught up with the show? Have you been watching it? And if so, what have your thoughts been? The ratings haven't reflected it, but it's honestly my probably my favorite show of, of any of the major ones, every WWE one and AEW every week, just as far as the formatting, the stars they showcase, the matches giving things a little bit more time to breathe. Like this Dynamite had more time to breathe with certain stuff, which I enjoyed. I think adapting that... Uh, oh, yeah, go ahead. what I've seen, I thought it's been pretty good. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen a ton. I mean, the ratings don't... I mean, they don't reflect... I don't do you think, think they'll improve? Anything. I mean, just the night alone, I, I mean... I think what people have said, which I think is a better reflection, is like... This, I mean, the number's not going to be that high. Just, I mean, Saturday nights. I just... You're not going to get the number. I think if specifically for that show it should just be like where they start where they're in the middle and where they end which they've been pretty consistent i mean if you start with 550,000 people and you end around there or pretty close i mean that's a good start like dynamite usually starts at like 900,000 you get down to 700 like you're yeah. losing 20 percent of your audience if they're starting with a low number but are keeping it i mean it's clearly showing the people that are watching are engaged are interested so i think with the show especially with that time slot i think you have to look more at who's staying than how the actual figure is. Cause especially when it gets to football season, that number is going to plummet. Yeah. I mean, that's a good way of looking at it. I mean, it's, it's airing on Saturdays right now. And that, that's a good sign that they're not losing viewers uh, from the beginning of the show to the end of the show. But I guess, like you said, it's not a great time slot. We said that when they announced the show a few months ago um, from, you know, Saturday nights at 8 PM Eastern time. Is that the ceiling you think for rampage? Do you think they will ever, regardless of what they put on the show, I mean, they did Punk and Joe and they still pulled in like 550,000 viewers. And that was a night where there was no WWE pay-per-view. I don't know what was going on last Saturday as far as sports go, but it didn't sound like they had a whole lot of competition and they didn't pull in probably nearly as many viewers as they wanted though. No. Yeah. I mean, if, I mean, if, if it was up to me, you'd swap the shows and put collision on Wednesday and, and dynamite on, on, on Saturday at this point. But, I mean, that's obviously not going to happen. Or the style of the show, I feel like, the, like you said, the show just feels more like, I don't know if I say old school wrestling, but I feel like there's more attention to detail. They flesh things out longer. I feel like week by week, it, things matter and they kind of build. 
I, I mean, that style has worked, clearly has worked for them, but like I said, it just, they also have different talent. It's kind of a mess on that aspect, but mm-hmm. from what they've done, I thought it's been a, a pretty good show, honestly. Yeah, no, I think they formatted it well, and you're, you're seeing the same stars every week, which is a positive, because they're getting consistent television time. They don't show up one week and then disappear the next, so... Uh, hopefully they can in, in include more talent in that conversation at some point in that group of talent they have to work with on Saturdays. But I've enjoyed the show. You mentioned the old school feel. I, I would agree with that. I mean, especially when they have the shows open with those promos backstage. Like it's, I wasn't around back then, but the old Saturday night WWF show, Saturday night's main event, open with that sort of stuff from like back in the day. We don't typically see that in wrestling. WWE has done it on rare occasions in recent years, but not consistently. Uh, Collision has been every week now, which is... Uh, pretty cool makes the matches matter more and uh i don't know i like the show i haven't been able to catch it live in weeks but you know since it probably first premiered but i enjoy the show more than dynamite hopefully they can keep it up going forward despite the uh, lackluster ratings one last thing here from dynamite uh we found out the final members of the blood and guts matches coming up next week in boston on dynamite it's going to be peck the bastard pack returning to team with blackpool combat club which i was not expecting but i'm not upset at it either because I honestly didn't know why he was gone for so long. Now, he said that Omega broke his nose because the last match that we saw him in was when Pac um, and the Lucha Bros lost the tag team title, or the trios titles, rather, to the Elite back in January. That was six months ago. Now, he broke his nose. I don't know if a broken nose would keep you out for six months. I mean, Ruby Soho broke her nose and was back in, like, two or three months. So, I don't know. Maybe it's different for everyone. I assume they just... I honestly thought they just didn't have any plans for him, and that's why he wasn't on the show. But no, he came back on Wednesday, uh, filling in for Brian Danielson. And he's going to be teaming with Blackpool Combat Club. On the elite side, as expected, Kota Ibushi appearing for the first time in AEW. I mean, he wasn't there last night. It was kind of fucking goofy. They're like, oh, the fifth member is Kota Ibushi, and they play a video. And then he's not even there. So it's like, okay, that was that's kind of dumb. I don't know if they couldn't get him or whatever the fuck happened, but that was weird. But I mean, he was the expected fifth member of the team. He's got history with the elite, the golden elite, as they're called. And he'll be in that match next week, so... Um, your thoughts on the final members of the teams and uh, how it went down on Wednesday night? Uh, I mean, I, I think we all knew it was going to be a bougie for the elite. Uh, Pack, like you said, kind of out of nowhere. I mean, I honestly think it's more, like you said, I think it's more he was out because they had nothing to do with him. Like, I think they maybe cleaned it up a little bit and was like, oh, yeah, he broke his nose. But if Brian was, a, was there, he wouldn't be back still. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think, I think, I like the attention, the detail, at least to try to like cover it up and like make it make sense, which I think if that's the reason they're going with it, at least has some kind of sense to it with them. Like you said, the way they did it was like, Oh yeah, Bushi's going to be the fifth guy. And then they just showed a video package. and just wasn't there. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't love that. I mean, really <laughs> like they turned the lights off and then they just, <laughs> just start brawling. Like he wasn't even there. It's not like he like came out. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of kind of weird but like i don't know if he he, they didn't have the money to book him i'm not really sure what happened but i mean i think it was everyone kind of saw it coming that's what we're going with so i mean it makes sense i just thought the execution was kind of weird yeah it was weird execution they turned off the lights for a video package i thought that and it wasn't like that close the show they continued to brawl after the video played so i'm like oh there he is in a way no he's not there i'm thinking he's gonna pop up behind him but he wasn't there so like you said, I don't know if they didn't want to waste a booking on him. I just to have him show up for two minutes. I, I don't know. Or they wanted to have his debut be in the Blood and Guts match itself. Um, but regardless, I, I thought it was well done. It makes sense. Um, listen, having Pac in there, he's, he's a much better option. He's a much better option than Jericho, which is what I expected, given his ties to Don Callis, who's you know working with Takeshka right now. 
Um, or a member of the fucking Dark Order. I'd seen people say that because they're feuding with the Elite, or they were. That would have been terrible. So, Pac's a much better option, and they at least try to make sense of it, so I like that. Who do you think wins that match, by the way? The Elite or Blackpool Combat Club? Paige said in this promo on the show, he goes, we got to end this once and for all, which makes me think that it's going to fucking continue just because that's how they work. Uh, I am hoping this is it, though. I think Omega and Takeshka will continue feuding, obviously, but as far as the Elite and Blackpool Combat Club, the feud's been fine, but I think it's time to move on uh, with all involved. And uh, I think the Elite should win here so we can just finally move forward. I'm, I'm over this. I hope the Elite wins so we just move on. Yeah, I think Omega and Takeshka will continue feuding, like I said, the Elite and Blackpool Combat Club. But listen, I'd ask you what's next for them, but I don't really care and I have no idea. I, I like both factions too, but I don't really know what you'd do with either faction coming out of this. Yeah, I mean, there's no clear cut, like, this is what you're going to do next. Yeah, they'll probably just go back to doing their own thing in singles competition. Hey, maybe maybe Paige goes after the trios titles with the Bucks instead of Omega, and they go after House of Black. Although, Malachi Black... Actually, that's probably not going to happen, because Malachi Black said in a recent interview, actually, I think on Bobby Fish's podcast, which is hysterical, but he said to him that he wanted to be exclusive to Collision, actually. So he doesn't want to work Wednesdays or Fridays. They just He would rather be exclusive to Saturdays. And we know the Elite are not going to Saturdays, given you know who was there. So I guess that feud is probably not happening, as long as House of Black are the tag team champions. Unless it happens on pay-per-view and they just don't build it on TV, that match probably is not happening anytime soon. But uh, I'm looking forward to that show next week. That was the only match they announced, I believe. Um, the Owen Hart Cup finals coming up on Saturday, so they got a lot of stuff to look forward to in the immediate future. But like I said... On the uh, foreseeable future, on the horizon for the next month, SummerSlam first in early August, which I mentioned we will be there for in Detroit, and then All In, which I will not be there for in London a couple of weeks later. So i got a big month of August on tap and the rest of July to go. Uh, new episodes every single week, Mr. Marceau, here on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, uh, Amazon Music, Pandora, all that stuff. Greatly appreciated. Check it out. New episodes every single Thursday. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week, Mr. Marceau. Enjoy the rest of your vacation. I'll catch you out soon. Have a good one, man.